Welcome to the Sporting Ones AFL Fantasy Podcast. Uh, get that hat part two, COVID-19 edition, and doing this one solo without Hados as um, we were going to do it last night, but uh, the uh, AFL announcement got delayed and then we weren't knowing whether we were going ahead. Um, so because I'm in self-isolation, which uh, this song's been getting me through... Thanks, Akon. Um, I'm doing it solo, so I'm going to answer all your questions. I'm going to go through my side. I'm going to go through Hados' side. I'm also going to go through the previous nine sides that we did not get to in the first podcast. Uh, so I think we'll start off there uh, with the nine sides. So we got up to GWS Giants, and we got Hawthorne and uh, up to the Bulldogs to cover. And then I'm just going to hit uh, straight into uh, our sides. Uh, what our structures look like, uh, subject to last-minute lockout changes. And then we'll go through your questions, and there are quite a few of them running with uh, different structures and different um, formations. Obviously, we're faced with different rules now, uh, given that we don't know when the games are going to be coming. We don't know when it could be cancelled. There's going to be 16-minute quarters, plus time on. Uh, so a bit different to your 25-minute quarters. So essentially a drop of about 20% off uh, points-wise. So um, I guess 80 would be the new 100. Um, that affects also the break-evens and stuff like that, so they're likely to be, I guess, not as high. Um, but, yeah, it, it all... It all impacts on, I guess, players that can score points per minute. I guess those that are more durable, if we're going to have, um, you know, two games a week or, um, you know, someone playing on a Friday night, then a Wednesday, and then a Saturday or Sunday, uh, all these permutations are possible this season. And obviously, the season has been reduced to 17 rounds as well. So it's all up in the air as a fantasy um, player. Um, also, the same for Supercoach as well. They've um, they've got uh, still got 30 trades, but 17 rounds. And then the price rises in Supercoach usually are after three rounds. But this time... Uh, they're after two, so it's um it's an interesting season and one that we've never seen before. So it is going to be challenging for us fantasy coaches as to how we navigate that. And there's no set way of doing that, and it's going to be learn as you go. Each fantasy season is different, and we're all aiming for that top 100 hat, but it will depend on a lot of things this season, and a lot of them we don't know what's coming so that's going to be the interesting part so um let's just get straight into it so we started off with the nine sides last week or two weeks before i went away and that was um obviously adelaide brisbane uh we went through carlton collingwood essendon Fremantle, geelong uh, gold coast and gws now we turn our attentions to Hawthorne and go work our way down from there. So for the Hawks, your top five for mine, you've got Tom Mitchell, James Warple, James Sicily, who looks back to that fantasy-friendly role he had um, 
couple of seasons ago, especially if they're hell-bent on McAvoy being played down back, plus the addition of Sam Frost as well allows him to be freed up as that interceptor. Um, Chad Wingard, who should be playing more mid, uh, midfield minutes, and Jago Mira. Other considerations, obviously, last year, Ricky Henderson was a bit of a revelation fantasy-wise. Um, Liam Shields is always there, thereabouts. Um, a lot of people running with... Um, with big Jimmy, uh, with big uh, Segler, um, as a ruck option, uh, just I'm not convinced, especially if the McAvoy experiment doesn't work out. Uh, Jack Gunston as a forward and Isaac Smith, uh, they would be the ones from Hawthorne that you'd look at. Um, perhaps one outside the box um, could be Harry Morrison. Looks like he's going to play um, that sweeping halfback role. Uh, with Blake Hardwick out. So they would be the ones from Hawthorne. Uh, Melbourne's an interesting one. Looks like there could be a few options from Melbourne. Um, definitely your top five. You've got Max Gorn, Clayton Oliver, Christian Petraka, Ed Langdon, and Christian Salem. Now, this was before Jack Viney exploded in the preseason and showed us, oh, I guess, the form of a few seasons ago. And he's definitely in other consideration. Um I'll reveal later whether he's in my side or not. Uh, Angus Brayshaw, if he can get back centrally and play that uh, play that midfield role he did in 2018, which saw him finish third in the Brownlow, then uh, he's definitely an option later in the season as well. Adam Tomlinson uh, playing off that opposite wing uh, from Egg Langdon. And then other ones to consider would be Trent Rivers and Tom McDonald. But I guess the two, the three that I'd be looking at would be uh, probably four because Clayton Oliver's just a gun. But you'd got to um, Petrak his centre bounce attendances and his role seemed like it's there this season for him to finally produce what we thought he would produce. Um, Max Gorn looks like he's over the knee injury, um, set for another big season. And Jack Vining looks the one. He looks hungry. He looks desperate. Um, scored a few hundreds. Doesn't have the captaincy. Just all the stars are aligning, underpriced, value. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, this club, very, very hard for me to get a gauge on this club. And it's North Melbourne. There's not too many options I like there, apart from the ones that are lower priced, which is which is horrible to say, but um, you've got Sean Higgins, Jack Zeeble, Todd Goldstein. Probably Goldie's not a bad option as a ruck. Very durable, especially if you're playing 16-minute quarters. I just don't like him first up against St Kilda with Ryder and Marshall combination. Uh, Aidan Bonar, but I'm not sure he's in the best 22. Trent Dumont, underrated midfielder, gets, gets a fair bit of the ball. Uh, and Curtis Taylor is another which has come onto the radar. Um, but the top five were Higgins, Evil, Goldstein, Bonar, and Dumont. Other considerations, Jai Simpkin, if he's got that um, role he started to play last year. Jared Polek, he can always get plenty of it. Dom Tyson, if he can get back to the form he once had at Melbourne. Uh, Taron Thomas is a supreme talent, but I'm not sure he's got the fantasy ceiling. And Jack Marnie's a bit of a cut price option like Curtis Taylor. So let's see what... North Melbourne have to offer us this season before jumping in on them. Probably the only ones I consider right now, probably Goldie. Uh, and you definitely want Curtis Taylor uh, in your forward line, that's for sure. Um, 
yeah, not sure whether there's any other option there, to be honest. Um, so I think that's about it for North Melbourne. So we'll turn to uh, my club in Port Adelaide. So Port Adelaide, um, top five. I think this is pretty standard. So you've got Travis Spoke, uh, Dan Houston with his midfield role. Obviously the rock pig, Tom Rockliffe. Connor Rosie slots in there. I think he could be a breakout. And I have had him in my sides most of the preseason, but I have relented at the last minute. And Scott Lysett. Right, other considerations. Robbie Gray becomes an option if he plays more midfield minutes, which is undecided. Same with Brad Ebert. Darcy Byrne Jones, bit of a um, cult figure off half back, can get the ball. Um, Mitch uh, Georgiatis, um, he becomes a solid option as a rookie to play on field, as Charlie Dixon has been ruled out for round one. So he definitely. Could be one that um, you put in your sides now if you were having doubts. Uh, and the other one would be Hamish Hartlett. Um, one that did slip onto the radar given his preseason form and given his forward role now uh, and tackling forward role is Sam Powell Pepper. I'm just not convinced he would get enough points to be a viable option, but he's still a consideration nonetheless. All right, your Richmond top five. Uh, Marlene Pickett, Dustin Martin, Dion Prestia, Basha Hooley, and Jack Rewalt would be your top five. Now, just word of caution, Basha Hooley is out for round one. Possibly further than that, bit of a minor calf at his age. You wouldn't want to risk it, so they may leave him on ice for a bit. Others to consider then would be Riley Collier-Dawkins if he gets a game, Tom Lynch, Trent Cochin. And I would put Jaden Shorten there now, uh, 522k defender. We'll take the kick-ins with Hooley out. And when Hooley was out last season, he did score quite highly. And I think his lowest was about 85. And he did, I think he scored about three tons in that period. So if you want a bit of a unique point of difference for your defence because I think we're all going to have pretty much vanilla defences and what I mean by that is very similar uh, then I would look at rolling the dice on Jaden Short believe me in the last 24 hours he's been in, he's been out, he's been in and he's been out so I have trialled that alright St Kilda, I'm pretty bullish on St Kilda this season as well, I don't know what that means for them from a fantasy perspective but uh, we'll see Um I like, for the top five, Seb Ross, a perennial fantasy favourite of mine, although he always fails to uh, deliver. Uh, Rowan Marshall, although we'll see what the rider impact has on his fantasy scoring potential. Jack Steele, Jack Billings and Hunter Clark. Now, the other considerations, well, not other considerations, he should be in the top five. Maybe I should have swapped him with uh, Billings, but... Dylan Robertson is an absolute lock in your defence. Looks like he's back to that role that he had. 327k, I don't think you can go past him. I think if you don't have him in defence, you're making a huge mistake. Um, just purely for the cash generation aspect as well. You can, And you've got the option to run him at, depending on how you're structuring up, but anywhere from a, from a D3 to a D4 to a D5. So um, he's got that element to provide you a primo aspect at a 
extremely cheap price. Um, Dan Hanabry, if you wanted to go there, um, we know that Warney loves Hanabry. Not sure if he's got him in his side yet or if he will. Um, Dan Butler, 384k. Got an interesting role at the Saints. I think he will be involved in the play more and get the ball more in his hands. Does like to run a bit with it. Um, could be an interesting, unique forward option um, at an awkward price. Uh, Brad Hill um, looks like he's hitting the ground running at the Saints. Looks fit. Looks like he wants the ball in hand. Is running hard across the ground. He could be a unique smoky, a bit like Jack Steele. Um, and Max King, uh, I think he'll be one that either fills all of our D6, uh, sorry, D6, um, F6 uh, spots or bench spots. Um, he will play and he isn't a unique talent. He won't score a lot, but he will generate cash. So that's a positive with Max King. All right, so we'll move to Sydney. Not much to get excited about here. Um, obviously, Jake Lloyd uh, is their top prospect, although for once I'm not running with him this season, which seems odd because he was just a lock for me every other season that I've had him. Uh, Dylan Stevens, um, their number one draft pick. Not sure how well he'll go. Will Gould, definitely, if he gets... The start that we think he will, he'll be great for the uh, uh, for the defence as a D6. Um, Jordan Dawson, though I'm not sure with Lloyd and Mills back there how much he'll really see, although a lot of people are bullish on him, although the price is just too awkward for mine at 6.14. And Olivia Florent, if I had more, I even another spot in my field for him, I'd, I'd put him in because I think he's going to go to another level this season in, in that midfield and start replacing the likes of Kennedy and Parker and just to elevate his game. And there were signs of that at the end of last season. So he could be one out of the box, but I'm just not convinced enough. But he rounds out the top five. And then the other considerations, Lewis Taylor, uh, Isaac Heaney, as we say every year, could be his year. Um, Luke Parker, Josh Kennedy, obviously um, your staples of a city midfield for the last five years. And then the, the other one, which is, uh, and I've seen many different strategies around this player, Sam Naismith. He is the enigma. He's coming back. He looks like he's going to be the number one ruckman ahead of Callum Sinclair. And he's 284K. Some people are running with him as a R2 Others are looking at him as an R3 to generate cash, which uh, much like Riley O'Brien. And then others aren't running with him at all. And I'm in the category of not running with him at all. He's too awkwardly, and I've, toy I've toyed with it. I haven't toyed with him at R2. I just don't think I have enough confidence in him to do that. I think it's very gutsy if you do. He has had the history of injuries. I don't know that he's durable enough to back up for two games in a week, if that was the case. Um, and I've tried him in an R3, and it just takes away too much cash from other areas to be able to to uh, get what I want on field. So, yeah, I think for mine, I'm leaving him out. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. If you're prepared to take the risk on him and go for it, hats off to you, but I'm not sure that you can 
if he was to go down injured and he's at 284k and he only makes 40k, it's the aspect of having to trade another player out to then get a quality ruckman in because there's no one else around that range other than, say, a Mark Pitonet who who hasn't been named for Carlton this week. And then you've got to go up to a Jacobs probably at your next price point, which is another 200k up. So it's a tough one. It's a big call. And um, obviously, Naismith can save you money and you can spend it, obviously, in other areas. But, yeah, it's... uh, it's undecided, so whether that's going to be a good move or not. But definitely a talking point. Uh, West Coast, uh, plenty of options here. Um, top five, Andrew Gaff, Tim Kelly, Elliot Yo, Luke Shuey, Jared Brandon. Now, I'll put Brandon in the top five just for the simple fact that he's going to get game time and he's a rookie and with the void of rookies. So that's why he's in the top five. Unluckily, Nick Natanui, although I'll tell you what, with a shortened corners, uh, shortened, shortened corners, shortened quarters, uh, he becomes more important because his points per minute is elite. And does that mean he plays more than 50% game time? Does he play 65, 70 now because of the shortened quarters and the shortened games? But when the going gets tough and they have to play a couple of games in a week, is he going to be able to do that? Probably not. So it's a double-edged sword. But can you get him in now to, I guess, create that cash um, generation he might make if he does go big? I mean, he starts off against Gorn, but, uh, I mean, it's a tough one because he literally is very awkwardly priced and that's what makes it hard to see if you're going to go with him. Um, but he is 471k. I mean, Mumford and Phillips are priced more than him. Uh, 471k, yeah, I mean, you're going to save a bit of money. I mean, he's, what, 43k less than Jacobs at 514. I've run with Jacobs a lot of this season, but um, pre-season, but... I've just gone with who I think is going to have more game time and who I think, you know, is a good ruckman around the ground. But not to say that Nick Natanui um, could be a stunning selection for your fantasy side and he could work out to be a brilliant point of difference. Uh, the other ones in that um, other consideration pile, uh, Dom Sheed, uh, I just don't know that he's going to get the midfield time with Tim Kelly coming in. Uh, Shannon Hearn down back, older now again, another year, not captain. I just wonder with these if these games come thick and fast, whether he'll be able to hold up. Um, who else have we got? Josh Kennedy and Jack Darling. I'm just not a fan of key position players. Um, Jack Darling I was a couple of years ago, and I brought him in after he'd had a stunning run of form. And, of course, he got injured that match and that derailed my season. So, I just, I don't think you can go with key position players as um, as your forward four or forward three of what they would be. Although, Josh Kennedy has had a full preseason, which he hasn't had for a while. It could, uh, could prove... Um, could prove a masterstroke if he if he gets off to a good start. So just monitor that. 
All right, and then to one of my favourite sides at the moment because of how they play, and that is the Western Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs and GWS are going to overtake Collingwood this year for um, for top point scorers. Um, this top five is just out of this world. Uh, Jack McRae, Josh Dunkley, um, Marcus Bontempelli, who now has a captaincy, Caleb Daniel, Lockie Hunter. Other considerations, Pat, Patrick Lipinski, who went to another level last season. Um, Tim English. This is an interesting one because... He's put on six kilos of muscle. He's bulked up a bit. He's had a good preseason. He had a good preseason game. He's priced awkwardly at five seventy two, but he could be the Smokey of the Ruck pack. But he's up against his arch nemesis Grundy in the first match, and that's what puts me off him because Grundy has gone one sixty three and one fifty eight against him. So. Word of caution, but keep him in the back of your mind because he could be, if one of your star Ruckman goes down, he could be the one to replace them with. Um, yeah, not too many other options after that elite um, trio of, of Dunkley, Bontempelli and McRae. Hunter's always one that's up and down. He can score you 150, he can also score you 55. Caleb Daniel looks like he doesn't have the role that he had last season with the kick-ins as much. They tended to go through Zane Cordy. So we'll see if that reverts back to Caleb Daniel during the regular season. If it does, then definitely they love getting the ball in his hands and letting him deliver it out of the back line. So in terms of that respect, he would then become fantasy relevant again and maybe an upgrade target. Um, other two, Jordan Sweet, maybe as a backup ruck. Um I sense that he will play at some point, but not sure when. And Lin Yong, if he breaks back into their midfield, he is pretty cheap. Um, not saying he'll be a high, high scorer, but he he could increase his average, that's for sure. Um, and, I mean, he would be one that would be interesting um, to look at. Um As a, I guess, a smoky, a point of difference. Um, just something that um, would be different from what everybody has. But whether he can get the points on the board is another thing. So that's what you've got to sort of look at. And I'm just going to get up his price and just see. I know it's, I know it's fairly cheap. So, yeah, 307k in the midfield. So, if he is named, I mean, it's not that far from a Rao or an Anderson to a Lin Yong. And he could be like a Liberatore, have a a few good rounds. And then, uh, you know, he's made the cash that you can get rid of him. So, he's always been a, a good use of the ball. So, we'll just have to see. Um, what happens with um, with Lin Yong and see what his role is. All right, that completes all the sides. So hopefully that's been uh, helpful with what 
you know, the teams have got the top five and the considerations and stuff like that. We were going to have a draft strategy, but um, with Haydoff not being here, he's our draft expert. So I'm not going to um, discuss that at all. Uh, I guess the next thing to do is to um, have a look at our sides. And, I mean, mine's been... Uh, well, mine got these totally different to the last podcast, so we'll have a look at that now. And but first off, Hados hasn't revealed his side, so we're going to go through his side and we're going to have a look to see what he's uh, see what he's got. So his back line, he's going with uh, three primos. Robertson at a D4, and then he's got uh, Lachlan Ash and Jared Brander as the D5 and D6. So he's gone Doherty, Houston, Crisp. Uh, uh, Robertson, Ash, and Brander is his defence. Now, bearing in mind with the Naismith aspect, he has got 567K in the bank, which... Yeah, I don't, I don't know when you'd want to be banking that much cash soon. So I expect a late movement from the uh, from the great man. Um, Hados is rolling with four primos in the mid and four rookies, and I expect that might change. So he's got Coniglio, Mitchell, Dunkley, Yo as his four primos. Like the Coniglio pick, also like the Yo pick, but I just haven't been able to fit him in. And then he's, I mean, pretty much like most people, he's got Marlene Pickett, uh, Matty Rao, Tom Green. He's got Connor Buderick on field, but I noticed he's got Noah Anderson and Tyler Brown on the bench. So you'd expect that he rolls through with Noah Anderson on field instead of Buderick. Um, Grundy and Naismith, <laughs> as I said, he's uh, he's had the balls to go there. So let's, I'll see if he... Um, if he stays with that, we'll find out in the next podcast after the uh, first round's been played whether he um, stuck with that or whether he got cold feet. Um, much similar to my back line, uh, to my forward line as well, just without, I'm running with two rooks, but he's going with a mid-pricer. So he's got Whitfield, Smith, Brayshaw, Andrew Brayshaw from Frio and Petrarca. Ben Long from St. Kilda as a bit of an interesting spot. Now, he does have that roll-off half-back, so he could be one with, like, the other side to Robinson. So that, that's a really good um, point of difference if you're looking for one around sort of that 300 to 400K mark. And there is a few in that range. So Ben Long's one of them, and he's got Curtis Taylor on field. His emergencies are Tobe Watson, Darren Greaves in the one th- in the defence, which I don't think either of them will play. Uh, Tyler Brown and Noah Anderson in the midfield, as we alluded to. Darcy Cameron as the backup ruck. Now, that could be a bit of a concern if you're wanting to loophole Grundy in the first couple of rounds because you won't be able to if you got Darcy Cameron. So just be aware of that. Um, and hopefully Hados will be listening in to be aware of it and he may have to change it to someone like a... Uh, who have I got? I think I've rolled with... Yeah, Sherry. But if Sherry ends up playing then I would change that again to a non-playing Ruckman. So I've got that option to loophole Grundy. Uh, and he's rolling with Bailey Williams as the utility. And he's two forward um, 
rooks are Ben Davis and Max King. As we said, Max King is going to be, I think, in everyone's side, um, either as a D6 or D6, either as an F6 or on the bench. So that's quite solid for mine. The only thing is, is whether he goes with five primos in the midfield and leaves Naismith and upgrades, say, Noah Anderson or a Tom Green or whether he decides to upgrade Naismith, has cold feet, and goes to, say, if he's got 567k, 284, then he can pretty much go any Ruckman, um, say, from Gorn. He's already got Grunny. So, yeah, Gorn, uh, Riley O'Brien, Goldie, any one of those, and still have money over to perhaps even upgrade Anderson to a Haitley or something like that, something left field. So that'll be interesting. All right, on mine, I've got um, the defense is pretty much the same, a little bit different in the rookie st- in the rookie stakes. But I've got uh, Crisp, Houston, and Doherty, Robinson at uh, D four. I've gone with Will Gould and Brandon Starsevich as my um, D five and D six. Bailey Williams and Jazz McLennan on the bench. I don't think Jazz McLennan will play, so I may have to reassess that. Uh, my midfield, I've gone with Cripps, McRae, Coniglio, Mitchell, and Viney, as I alluded to, uh, with my rookies being Rao, Green, and Pickett. And I've got Buderick and Brown on the bench. My rucks at this stage, I've got Grundy and Riley O'Brien with Sherry as the, as the um, backup ruckman. And then my forward line is Devin Smith, Petrarca, Whitfield, Andrew Brayshaw. Then I've got Georgie Artis, who will play for Port as my F5. And I've got Curtis Taylor as F6. My bench is Max King and Sam Sturt from Frio. Ben Davis is my utility. So interesting, interesting times in fantasy that I've gone sort of, I guess, a three primo, one mid-price, two rookie defence. Um, I've gone with more primos than what I normally go with in the midfield, five and then three rooks, two set and forget Ruckman, and then four, sort of two primo, um, or two uber primo uh, forwards, two sort of mid-price forwards and then two rooks. So comparing it to, say, last year, where I did get the hat, and this is the interesting part is that I started off with Lloyd and Hearn, who were the two sort of primos. You had Zach Williams and Bailey Smith, who ended up, Brody Smith, who ended up being primos by the end of the season, but were mid-prices, and then two rookies in Burgess and Dersma. Um, my midfield was, I had four, um, I had four primos in Brayshaw, Coniglio, Rockliffe, and Ross, and then I had two mid-prices in Crouch and Liberatore, and then two, Rookies in Bailey Scott and Sam Walsh. And then I had uh, Wits and Grundy as my set and forget rucks. And I had Dangerfield, Boak, um, Kelly as three primos, Warple as my mid-pricer, Setterfield and Drew as my rookies. And then pretty much all my rookies were 170Ks, which was Joyce and Hoare, Gibbons and Constable, Flynn and Fort, and Bolter and Myers, so I didn't really spend much money on my bench, which is the same as what, um, which is the same this year. I, 
I know what they're saying, like you need to have good backup, but I think if you can get away with 170K as an emergency, I, most of the time you can get away with it. Um, and I think it just leaves you more more flexibility for what you can put on field. Um, and I'd rather focus on what you can put on field rather than um, rather than the bench too much. Uh, so let's just finish up there and we'll literally, I think, get rolling into these questions that you sent me because there are a lot of questions and there's a lot of people trying to figure out what their moves are before this deadline takes place um and remember it is a rolling deadline so you do have time tomorrow to get your team sorted just without carlton or richmond players so whatever carlton richmond players you want um you've got to make sure you've got them in your side tonight that's the only thing i'll i'll say so we'll go on to the uh question segment and uh get cracking all right, question time. Let's get straight into it. Um, I've got 14 questions to get through. So without HADOS, it's going to be dif- uh, different because there's no banter to go back and forth. So it's just going to be straight shooting my answer. So Brennan H from SA, uh, simply to Grundy or not to Grundy? For mine, it's always to Grundy because... You may go down from, say, Grundy to Goldie, which I think he's running with at the moment. Goldie might get 100, and Grundy might get 150, and that's a difference. But if people are captaining Grundy, that's a 100-point swing against you because then it's not just 150. It's then doubled to 300, and so many times we saw him ton up um, and go big, like the time against GWS where they tried to tag team two Ruckman against him uh, in Dawson, Simpson and Munford, and it just served to uh, serve no purpose at all as he racked up 180-odd. When he can go that big and his ceiling is that high, I think you just have to run with him at R1. But then it's up to you whether you do R2 as your cheaper option or whether you run with a Gorn with it and then try to figure out value in other places. But for mine, it's always to Grundy. Thank you. Brennan for your question. Jake W from SA, how will shortened quarters affect the game? A variable we've never dealt with before. Um, that is true. It's a variable we haven't dealt with. And we just, at this stage, we don't know. All we know is that players that have high points per minute uh, become more attractive. So the players like, uh, I mean, um, Nick Natanui's got an elite points per minute output. Uh, Jack McRae, um, these types of guys. Also, you want the ones that are durable. So Bontempelli, Cripps, Yo, um, just guys that stay always on the park. Um, I think are where you're going to be looking. Uh, Zach Merritt's another. Um, also has an elite points per minute. So he comes more into the frame. So I guess guys like that are going to be what you're going to be looking at. And then even someone like Trelaw, who's coming back, uh, would be one to look at. So 
it's a, it's an interesting variable we've never dealt with, and I don't think we will know how to deal with it until we're into the season and until we're a couple of weeks in, and then we sort of look and go, okay, yeah, we should have gone down this path or we should have gone down that path, but we're not going to know. It's something that uh, is new and uh, unique. All right, Kevin T from SA, how many rookies to start with? Um, that's interesting because you're going to need to start with a few. I don't, I don't think there's any way of getting around it. Um Unless you went for absolute mid-price madness, which I would not suggest in any stretch of the imagination. So I've got two in my forward line, and three in the midfield, and two on the back line. So I've got about seven, um, which isn't too bad. Not ideal, but, I mean, compared last year, uh, what did we have there? We had... I reckon, oh, judging by, I think, I think I had about the same amount, to be honest. Um, to be completely honest, I reckon, here we go, it was one, two, three, four, and... Five, six. So it's going to be around that six or seven mark. And I was probably lucky last year. There was probably a few more mid-price, cheaper options in the in the form of Liberatore um, and Warple um, that were cheaper than, say, your Petrakis, your Brayshaws and your Vineys. Um, and same with Robin as well. Um, so, yeah, look, six or seven, you wouldn't be, want to be running any more than that. Not any more than that, I think. Uh, I think Hados might be running with a similar amount. I think he's. What are we looking at here? He's got two in the back line. One, two, four in the mid, and then yeah. So he's got the mid pricer. At F5, so he's running with six by the look, seven by the looks, so four, two, and one. So he's seven as well. So I don't know if you can get away with six this year. It'd probably be seven, but um, yeah, look, you wouldn't want to be running any more than seven, I wouldn't think, um, because you do need to generate. Um, it, it would limit your scoring potential. So I'd say no more than seven. Um, unless you can find absolute gold and you go to eight. But, yeah, six or seven seems to be about the mark. All right, sorry, K from SA. Do we really have to assess each player individually on home and away form or just trust that they will play regardless? I think this season that goes out the window as to how well they play at a venue, how well they play in general. We don't have the crowd aspect like we normally do. So, say, someone that performs in front of their home crowd or rises to the occasion in the home crowd, we just don't know how those players are going to um, perform. So I think you've just got to back... Whoever you're thinking of, I think you've got to back them in um, based on how you think they're going to play rather than a home or away aspect or whether they've got form against a particular club because, yeah, there's no... The only aspect comes into it is, I guess, in regards to taggers. So, say someone like DeBoer, Dangerfield's up against DeBoer, only scored 66 against GWS last time. That would be something you'd take into consideration. Like, do 
do I avoid him from week one and then look to upgrade to Dangerfield or something along those lines. So that that's the only way you would sort of look at that. Otherwise, home and away form now um, I don't think is pertinent anymore given that they all play each other once um, and that there's no crowds at this stage. So that would be the way we'd go. Uh, Paul S from SA, Gold Coast rookies make me nervous. Mate, I am feeling your pain. They make me nervous as well. Um, What's the max amount and who would you have? Well, I think I've gone through that. I mean, Matthew Rao is a lock. Um, There's no getting around that. He may not score as highly as what Sam Walsh did last year, but he will play and he will be given minutes, and he will be given time on field. So Matt Rouse now for me. Uh, Noah Anderson you could have as well. I mean, he's only 2K cheaper than Matthew Rau, Uh if you wanted to go down that line. So there's two. Uh, Connor Buderick is a bit of a um, bit of a selection. I've got him. Others don't. Mid-forward, 170K. Looks like he's going to... Um, Looks like he will make his debut, um, so that's three. Isaac Rankin, when he comes back, um, suffered another hamstring injury, though, so buy beware, but he's 170K forward. It was in most sides in the preseason until the injury, so that's four. There's Jeremy Sharp, that's about 218K mid, that's five. Jess McLennan, if he gets a game in the back line, that's six, that's 170K, but I wouldn't be running more any more than three. For an absolute push. Um, Round Anderson would be my top two, followed by Buterick, then probably Sharp and Rankin after that. But I wouldn't want to be going any more than that with Gold Coast. Um, Rowell and Anderson are your, are your top ones, and then sort of it's a lottery after that. Um, Shirag P from SA. Is Brad Couch, uh, is a Brad Crouch still a, still a viable option? And also for the captain's role in round one. Um, viable option, yes, definitely. Uh, 801K, a bit of a point of difference uh, from a lot of other midfields. Uh, low ownership, so always a positive. Does play three out of the first four at Adelaide Oval. But round one, would I captain him when you've got... The likes of Grundy, McRae, Coniglio, Cripps. Just don't know as a captain option. And there's always the potential that he gets tagged by either George Hewitt or Ryan Clark if Ryan Clark plays. So there's a potential that he could get tagged because he is seen now as the premier midfielder in Adelaide uh, alongside Sloan. So it's a matter of whether they tag, tag Sloan or whether they tag... Brad Crouch. I think Matt Crouch now gets off the chain. I don't don't think sides see him as damaging as the other two. So, yeah, interesting one. Viable option, yes. Captain in round one, no. But he does have me as an opponent in my league, so he could totally ignore that advice if he so wishes. All right, Daniel L from SA. Two-part question. I'm going to go with the... Fantasy question first, and then the banter question second. So, will you be factoring in more durable players? Um, now, given what's transpired, what we know, I am trying to do that, and that's why I'm looking at guys with, you know, that they haven't got, you know, an injury history of sort of soft tissue injuries, sort of ones that are always playing on field, ones that rarely get injured, and ones that are going to spend the most time on ground. So, that that's where I've sort of 
looked at uh, with my side now and how I've balanced it out. Um, the second question, would you happily receive uh, COVID-19 coronavirus to get another top 100 hat? Thought long and hard about this. I do love uh, my hat and I do wear it out regularly. Haven't yet uh, received too many comments about it. bit sad because I do try and see if people are into their fantasy uh, footy. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I would. Um think given I've had many a season without a hat, I reckon I'd let the hat go and not receive COVID-19. So we'll go with that. We'll go with the boring answer. All right, Andrew M from SA. Um, Fisher McCasey and Bryony Smith locks from the Crows. It would seem that way uh, in terms of a fantasy perspective, although I don't know um, what McCasey could do fantasy-wise, whether his ceiling is that high. He is quite expensive in fantasy, about 260K. So around about Lachlan Ash territory, and I think oh, Ash offers more value. Um, in terms of super coach, definitely. I think he's about 184, so he could easily fit um, as your D6. Uh, but definitely he will play. Brody Smith, if I could fit him in, and I have had him in and out of my sides, I, I would do so. But at the moment, I can't, so I'm going to have to forego him. But I'd urge, if you had the money and if you can do it, and if it fits your structure, then Brody Smith is an absolute lock with the role he's got now. All right, Justin T from Victoria. What are the best rookies for round one? I think we'll, we've sort of covered that. Um, definitely Tom Green is going to make his debut. Matthew Rao, Noah Anderson. Curtis Taylor looks a lock. Mitchell Georgiatis now is a lock. Max King looks like he's going to play from what we sort of gleaned from Simon Lethleen this morning. Um, Will Gould possibly. Brandon Stasevich maybe. Um, of course, I'm going to have to look at my structure if Stasevich isn't named. Uh, Marlene Pickett is the rookie creme de la creme, uh, 170K. So... Um, I think about 123 in Supercoach. So, yeah, definitely uh, those would be the best rookies for round one. And we know that Pickett's going to play for Melbourne. Bedford's going to play for Melbourne. Um, and Buterick's going to play for Gold Coast. So there, so there are several options coming out. Sam Sturt's going to play for Frio. So there are a few rookies now up and about, which is good to uh, for us to do. All right, Tarjar from WA. Guidance on the forward line. Uh, thinking Bewley. Um, which is not a bad option. He's got that probably that wing spot with um, Langdon um, not there anymore. Uh, so there there is a wing spot there, and he could nab that. Uh, new coach, new role, possibly could be an option. Uh, Price at about three sixty seven, I think. So very similar to Johnny Patton range. So I do think that. Um, Bewley, yeah, if you want to take a chance. I mean, around Bewley's price, so you've got you've got a few other options that that might be better um, suited. Uh, obviously, you've got uh, Jonathan Patton at 366. You've got Jono Schultz, uh, Chase Jones at the lower options of 318, 320 and 318. Uh, ben Crocker at 283. Uh, Jacob Townsend at 266. And then a little bit higher up, you've got uh, Dan Butler at 384, and you've got Ben Long at 392, both from St Kilda. So if you are looking at that 
I guess, F5 position and putting a mid-pricer in. There are a couple of options they consider, and probably the ones that I'd be looking at. Yep, yeah, Uli, Patton, Schultz, Long, and Butler would be the ones. Um, all right, wants me to rank Stephen, Smith, and Dusty, and then my opinions on them. So I've been hot on Devin Smith all preseason. I haven't changed that. Um, so Devin Smith would be number one. I'd have Dusty number two, but my concern is he's named at full forward, and I do feel he's going to play a lot of forward time, which we saw he could, uh, I think it was, can't remember what game it was where he scored six goals and still only got 68 points, so that worries me um, as to whether he can back up with ton after ton after ton. And then Jack Stephen, I'd put at number three, just purely because he's not named round one. He did have a good Marsh game. He didn't play games, just one Marsh game. But I just wonder about his injury history and his durability. So for that, I would put him at three. Um, But definitely one to look at as an upgrade target. Um, Perhaps towards the latter end of the season. All right, an overview of his side. Well, I can't really fold his side. He looks like he's got a good structure. Um... Fairly similar to mine, running with a balanced lineup. I don't mind it. I've rated it. So uh, there you go, Taj. I don't mind it, mate. Um, and Taj just from WA, if I didn't say that. So um, hopefully that's some guidance on the forward line. All right, Joseph Y from WA. Has McRae and Bont, but has the money to go all the way up to Dunkley. So... He wants to know, does he go with Bont for the first two weeks and then upgrade to anyone up to Dunkley? Or does he just stick with the Bont for now? Bont and Pelly is an interesting one because I have had him, I haven't had him. He's going to offer a fair bit. He's got the captaincy. I think he thrives on that. He's shown us in the preseason he's very hungry. They're a very fantasy-friendly side. They do get points. So is there going to be a massive difference from Dunkley to Bontempelli? Maybe not. Is Bontempelli going to outscore Dunkley? That's a possibility. Do you go with someone in that range that's got lesser ownership than, say, Bontempelli? Um, say, a Lockie Neal, a Zach Merritt, a Brad Crouch, an Andrew Gaff. That's the interesting part because there's so many interesting scenarios you could go. And Gaff's probably one that we haven't discussed too much, but he could be one that really explodes because no one's going to tag him when you've got Kelly and you've got Shuey and you've got um, Yo. And yet he's just out there on the wing, just all on his lonesome. So tough one. Um you know what, for now, I'd stick with McRae and Bontempelli. But then after round three, if you've seen that Bontempelli isn't giving you what you want, then perhaps you upgrade. That's probably the way I'd look at it. All right, four questions to go. So we've gone through the first 10, and uh, all good questions, guys. So um, appreciating that. Matt M from Victoria. Do we need to change our strategy? More mid-prices or more guns and rooks? What players you like with the fixture game change? And is it frustrating? Yes, it is extremely frustrating. Um, 
Yeah, I've gone with, I guess now, gone more back to the guns and rooks approach rather than the mid-prices, and I've got the mid-prices where I deem necessary. So I guess that's where I've gone, and players that I like in that are your Merritt, your Cripps, McRae, Canigler, and I had to make a decision to fit players in that um, I really wanted Merritt in there, but Cripps was 50k cheaper, so... You know, by me wanting O'Brien, then I had to sacrifice. So, um, yeah, it, it's a tough one. And some stage, and at other stages, I had more mid prices in my forward line, and I had Crisp, Houston, Doherty, and Smith. So, um, yeah, it's a real hard one, and no answer is right at the moment. That's that's a funny thing about fantasy. Um, Natanui comes into play with this fixture game change as well. So it brings in a whole lot of permutations. And is it frustrating? Definitely. Um, do we need to change our strategy? I don't know about changing it, but perhaps adapting it. And it's going to be on a week-by-week basis. Um, that we're just going to have to reassess what we originally thought. So I guess go from there. Uh, Levi W from SA, should we be looking at guys priced lower than the average but can go above that ceiling? Titch, Doc, Viney, Adams, Rocky, etc. Yeah, 100%. And um, I've gone with that theory. Obviously, I've got Mitchell, I've got Doherty, I've got Viney. So definitely looking at those guys that can go above what they're rated at and I guess value-wise as well. Um, Petrak is probably another one. Um, don't know whether he can get to that ceiling that you mentioned, but yeah, definitely looking at that. Taylor Adams is another one he definitely can. Rocky, I'm not so sure on. I, I hate to doubt Rocky, but I just feel the way Port's midfield is moving, I'm not sure he has that same impact it used to. He will, in some weeks, absolutely pick it up, but I don't think it's as consistently as it once was. All right, JR from Victoria. Is it more viable now to have a mid-price team? Yeah, oh, don't really know. Um, I haven't, but it is a strategy that you could consider because it could be a part where more mid-prices means more points on field and less rooks, and you're looking for more value, and that value may get you more points than, say, having the approach I've got where I'm getting the absolute guns, and because I've got more rooks, I may not be getting as many points. So... Yeah, it definitely could be more viable now. Um, is Naismith a round three must? Um, an R3 must, sorry, not round three. An R3 must. I, I discussed it before. I don't think he is, but other people disagree and say, yes, you've got to have him because he will get that cash generation. So it's a tough one. If you think he's a must and in your gut you reckon you need to have him, then go for it. If you can fit him in and get value around it, and maybe with a mid-price team you can do that, then yeah, go ahead. Um, Alex B from SA, last question. Um, McPherson, 170K, Ruck, or Rosie and Naismith on the bench? Go on the Grundy and Jacobs, Rock combo. I love Connor Rosie, and I'm seeing him in the preseason. I really think he can go above his ceiling. But does he suffer a case of the second-year blues? I'm not sure. I'd probably be inclined to, given what I've seen, given what I saw last season, I'd probably go McPherson and the 170K Ruck personally. I think the 170K Ruck um, gives you more flexibility. Uh, Best forward under 300K as the last question. Um, 
all right, I think that your best forward under uh, 300K, you've got um, Townsend at 266, you've got Crocker at 283, you've got George Artis at 236, you've got Pickett at 248, and you've got Max King at 170. I think Max King probably provides the best value um, as a bench option, but as a playing option, I'd probably say Townsend or Crocker would be your two. So that's where I'm putting it. All right, end of a huge fantasy podcast, guys. Wish I had Hados here to, uh, for the banter back and forth on our sides, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't be the case. Um, look, just have a look at the sides tonight. See what you can do. See what you can do with it. Don't panic. You have got the rolling lockout. It's just going to mean that any Carlton Richmond players you wanted, you won't be able to get in until the following week. Um, yeah, let's just get cracking into it we've waited a long time to get into it we've we've had to wait a while for gil to give us a go ahead so yeah good luck with your sides um obviously going to be a bit different this season with the shortened game so we'll just have to see how that transpires into fantasy points and yeah wish you all good luck with your sides and high scoring and uh, of course you can follow uh, the sporting one on Facebook, on the Facebook page, The Sporting One, on Instagram, at The Sporting One, and Twitter, one underscore sporting. And, of course, this podcast is available on all good podcast formats, including the one I'm using, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, CastBox, and Podbean. Good luck with your sides. Good luck with your teams playing this weekend, finally. And uh, just enjoy the weekend. Uh, Signing off, The Sporting One, and Hados. Thanks, guys. Bye.